It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Thank you, and I am excited that it's Friday and heading into a big weekend with a lot going on and a lot of stuff to do. Welcome, everybody, to our Friday show, and we have a lot coming up today. We're going to go around the room here in just a second and talk about what everybody's working on. First, let me start off. First of all, I got uh, an excited text, and believe me, anytime I get a text from any of my coworkers on the morning show, I'm excited because it happens so rarely, but I got a text <laughs> from Lisa, and Lisa let me know that one of our favorite comics yes. and one of our, I'd say, really good friends, mm-hmm. we love this kid, he had just got a part in the Marvel universe. We don't know if it's on an upcoming movie. We don't know if it's something that's on Disney. Uh, what's the Disney thing called? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. We don't know if it's going to be on TV or in the movies or whatever. But Dustin Ibarra tweeted out that he has been welcomed into the Marvel family, which is fantastic. I, do you remember what Dustin did his last visit to the studio? He dressed up as Aquaman. He dressed up as Aquaman. <laughs> and it was like a, a combination between... The Jason Momoa, uh, mm-hmm. Aquaman, and the old, well, he he got like a Aquaman costume, but it's the old Aquaman from Justice League. And it was hilarious. So damn funny. Could you get he's Dustin great. to talk a little more about what it is he's going to do for Marvel, or did he he's playing it pretty close to the vest right now? Um, he hasn't said anything, which is making me think he's not allowed to release exactly what it is. Uh, but I can, I can, I can text him. I can ask him. Brandon, were you here when when Dustin came in dressed as Aquaman? No, I was out that oh, day, but I was so I tuned funny. in on the Facebook live feed. It was hilarious. All right, so uh, we're very excited for Dustin, and I can't wait to find out what he's going to be doing he's got a very uh, you know a good face for especially <laughs> like remember what did we think he should have been uh play the young andre the giant no a young penguin wasn't it no he yeah, tried, he out, tried for out for oh penguin. yeah yeah he on tried gotham, out gotham and then uh, he ended up getting a separate role as a villain on gotham yeah which villain was he i'm trying to remember he it was really brief he was inside arkham asylum I believe, and he ended up dying rather quickly. He was with the group that was with, I think, the Penguin, and they kidnapped a school bus, or they were holding a bunch of kids hostage on a school bus or something. I don't think he was the Mad Hatter. No, 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 no. I think he might have been more like Mad Hatter looked like him. I think he might be more of like a henchman. Mm. But I didn't watch Gotham, so I really don't know for sure. Gotham was a great show. Uh, yesterday, Robert Greenwood, yeah, yeah. Was saw that. A, yeah, the name that he had there, and he was just in a couple of episodes. We're going to announce our Monday Mount Rushmore for this Monday. We're going to have a category, and we're going to try and narrow it down to four faces that would be on the Mount Rushmore of whatever our topic is today. So we'll have that coming up a little bit later. New movies are out today. New uh, new record releases. 
I know they're not technically records anymore. Well, actually, they are because now people are buying vinyl. Yeah. Did, were you guys here? Who was was everybody here when I did a story a couple of weeks ago that said that uh, by next year, vinyl mm-hmm. will outsell CDs again? Yes, mm-hmm. vinyl will outsell CDs. They say by next year, and it'll be the first time this has been the case since 1987. That that vinyl has outsold C, uh, CDs. I could see that, especially because tapes, like cassette tapes, they still use in a lot of other countries. So the sales of cassette tapes have still been pretty steady this entire time. Well, I'm talking about albums. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm saying that vinyls are outselling CDs, but cassette tapes have stayed pretty steady the entire time. I don't see a cassette for sale anywhere that I go, though. No, I, not in this country. Okay. I'm saying there's other countries. A lot of, uh, I believe, Middle Eastern countries, they still use a lot of them. Do you know what we, like, in the 90s, kind of pushed all of our chips into as far as a sound storage thing? And this was supposed, this was, like, our engineer at the time was a guy named Ron Haney. And Ron was convinced that this was what was going to be, like, the end-all of audio storage. So he, t- he told us to put everything on mini disc. So I have I still have a ton of Are these are these what are called mini these are mini discs, right? I believe so. Yep. That's yeah. mini disc. I've got a whole box of that <laughs> stuff because when I first got into radio, this would have been two thousand one, that was the thing because it was you could burn a CD but generally it was a fairly long process to do it you could store a ton of audio on a mini disc the fault was it didn't work like a hard drive you couldn't just click and drag you had oh, to no. record it in real time right. like you did a cassette tape I have got a bunch of stuff in here on mini disc does and that mean you can finally throw them out now because you don't you know that technology is not coming back? No, I need to transcribe them back over to something else, oh. but then that's going to add what they call a digital generation, which is going to like further corrupt or uh, degrade the the file. But anyway, you won't be able to hear it though. It's, it'll be fine. Oh, you don't think it'll make any difference no. for a regular person? No, you can you can go ahead and because you still have your mini disc player in there. Which I not do, a lot of people can say. I may be the only person within a hundred mile radius who actually has a mini disc player. Oh no, there's one twenty feet away from you because I still got mine. You still got one in there? Uh, but not in here. But I have my personal one because that was something that we bought when we, when I got into college for radio broadcasting. Is that was kind of one of those pieces of equipment that you bought. You know, like sometimes in the past where it was like, well, there's this emerging technology and this emerging technology, and you've just got to decide which one you're going to go with. And hope that that's the one that catches on. Yeah. Laser disc. Laser disc. I had a roommate like in 1990 uh, named Mark Beck. And Beck, Becky, as we called him, was a big believer in the laser disc, and everything was so much better. Basically, a laser disc is what a DVD eventually became a DVD, but it was the size of a record album. Mm-hmm. And you'd buy them in these big sleeves, and like you would an fit album. like a half an hour on one side. Yeah. So you'd have to go up, get up, and flip it over. But it was digital. It was basically a digital disc, and he was all in, and he bought a bunch of laser laser discs when everybody else was buying cassette. I guess they were both doomed. <laughs> right as yeah. far as formats go, but um, 
All right, let's go around the room, find out what we're working on today. Lisa, let's start with news. What do we got coming up in the news? Ten Democratic presidential candidates, they're going to be gathering tonight in Iowa. It's the first public event of the 2020 election campaign, focusing exclusively on LGBTQ issues. So the LGBTQ presidential candidates forum, it's sponsored by One Iowa. It'll be hosted by Angelica Ross, who's a transgender activist and an actress on FX's American Horror Story and Pose. So in attendance will be former Vice President Joe Biden, Senators Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. Also, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Well, yeah, Mayor Pete's got to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, he will be in attendance. Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang will not be in attendance. How about Beto? I believe so. I don't see him on this list, but it does say 10. Uh, How about Amy Klobuchar? Let me check. Well, it's not it's not that important. I just okay. thought maybe you knew off the top of your I head. I don't. This may be the first event that the Democratic candidates focus on the LGBTQ issues, but it's not going to be the last. Uh, CNN and LGBT advocacy group, the Human Rights Campaign, announced this week they're going to also be partnering to host a town hall on this in, on this issue on October 10th. Do you know there are like four or maybe it's up to five now states Mm -hmm. where the Republican Party has canceled their state's primary election? Like they've just said, we're not going to have a primary, which means that some of the people who are running uh, against Donald Trump for the for the Republican nomination are not even going to have a chance to win. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, even if you were going to even if you're a Republican and you you plan on voting for Trump aren't you kind of offended that they're taking away they're kind of disenfranchising just disenfranchising anybody really but they're saying you know what we're going to take your vote away you're not going to be allowed to vote if you're a republican because well we just decided that seems awfully undemocratic mm-hmm. un-american you know to just say hey we're so all in we're just canceling the election. Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, have they done in the past where they've had a primary against a sitting president? Uh, sure, yeah. No, that's the norm is if if anybody runs. You know, there have been some times in the past where nobody uh, ran to try and uh, primary. But just to say we're not even going to have a primary, to me, I don't know that that's ever happened. Uh, before, but it's happened now. I think Nevada is one of them. There are a few others where they've just decided we're, we're not even going to let people like former Governor William Weld or um, Joe Walsh, guitarist of the Eagles, uh, run. <laughs> Um, just to let you know, no, uh, Betha will not be in attendance. It's Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard, Marianne Williamson, and Joe Sistick. Who? Yeah, I know. Who's Joe Sistick? Uh, Pennsylvania, U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Dark Horse Candidate. Original co-sponsor of legislation to repeal DOMA. Uh, All right. Brandon, how about sports? What do we got leading off in sports today? Got some quarterback news. Looks like Carolina's going to be without Cam Newton coming up on Sundays. He's dealing with his foot issue. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been benched by the Miami Dolphins. And, oh, by the way... The NFL is apparently looking into the Miami Dolphins possibly tanking this season. Mm -hmm. So maybe those players that were asking their agents to get them traded were not imagining that they... uh 
think the Miami Dolphins are not trying to win any football game. Well, I could save them a whole lot of time and let them know right now, like, yes, the Miami Dolphins are tanking. And uh, Joanna, real quick, what do we got coming up in entertainment today? The Emmys are on Sunday, and there's a lot of predictions of who would win. I used a lot to of not, Game of Thrones. I used to absolutely not care about the Emmys at all, but mm-hmm. I've really gotten into where I'm kind of interested to see who, because there are shows that I'm big fans of, mm-hmm. not necessarily on network television, but either cable or uh, Netflix or anything like that. So uh, we'll look that over. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Why don't we go ahead and reveal our topic for our Monday Mount Rushmore. What we'll do is take any suggestions. You could drop us a line. You could pop into our uh, Facebook live stream. Let us know there. You could leave a message on the neckline. Uh, making your argument for greatest rock guitarists of all time. So who would be on your Mount Rushmore of great rock guitarists? It's going to be a difficult one. Right, to narrow it down to four. Yeah. Even though I'm not the biggest Hendrix fan in the world, I just acknowledge that most people... As a guitarist, Yeah, as a guitarist, he was pretty freaking amazing so i i would think Jimi hendrix would have to be a strong strong candidate mm-hmm. to be on the mount rushmore uh just off the top of my head i think you'd really make a case for eric clapton jimmy page Mm-hmm. angus young yeah kirk I mean, hammett i mean yeah kirk hammett's great the angus young acdc's songs well i, I take it back slash tom morello this is going to be a mountain range instead yeah. of <laughs> this was not going to be easy. The thing with Monday Rushmore is you've got a narrow, and then we're not even taking into account these guys who aren't the most famous rock stars of the world, but they're acknowledged as just virtuosos like Ingve Malmsteen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, Gary Hoey, Gary Hoey. I mean, again, I think there's a lot of different aspects that could be under consideration not just their you know proficiency but their virtuosity and maybe even their impact um see a lot of i think a lot of people say keith richards but and and keith richards is great don't get me wrong but like a lot of what the stone songs do are like they tune the guitars to an open key and then it's it's relatively simple to play some of the most famous Rolling Stone riffs of all time. I'm not calling him an amateur or a piker or anything like that. It's just, uh, let me hear your argument. Who do you think should be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest rock guitarist of all time? And I did limit it to rock guitarist because otherwise, you know, that opens it up. Charo. People will be like, yeah, how about Char- How about Andre Segovia? Huh? <laughs> how about him? How about Les Paul? Uh, so keep it in mind, you can leave a neckline message for us at 844-805-NECK. That's 844-805-6325. And then Monday morning when we do it, we'll also uh, take a few live calls in addition. So we look for uh, in- input from from our listeners. And last week we did the Mount Rushmore of stoners. And I would say that at least for two of the choices, it was mostly at the urging of people in the audience they really made us see see the light on a couple of the faces that went out there on the Mount Rushmore of marijuana mm-hmm. so this is Mount Rushmore of rock guitarist of all time 
Uh, if you want to leave us a neckline message again, that number is 844-805-NECK. All right, I try and pick out facts that I think most people are not familiar with. I also try and check them to make sure they are, in fact, facts. facts. Uh, so here's random fact number one. Every C in Pacific Ocean is pronounced differently. So there's there's three of them. There's Pacific. So you got a S and a K and ocean. So you got oh. a S, a K, and a sh. <laughs> did you get that, Lisa? I did. Sounds like Morse code. <laughs> Random fact number two. Maryland's state motto is an Italian phrase. Fate masci parole femmine. Which translates to, you might be sitting down for this, manly deeds, womanly words. Hmm. Any reason why, or do you know why that's... Uh, I guess it's kind of like an old-fashioned idea that you should speak in a refined way or more of a... A woman, womanly words, manly deeds. Actually, vice versa. Manly deeds, womanly words. Something tells me that's the kind of thing that could get uh, me tooed out of existence if enough people knew about it. And final fact for three random facts today. The song Total Eclipse of the Heart was a big hit in the 80s. It was originally called Vampires in Love, and the reason for that is... It was a song that was written with the idea in mind it was going to be a musical about vampires falling in love. So Bonnie Tyler oh. ended up singing it. It was, uh, I think it went to number one. That was the jam. Yes. It was the jam, but put it in the context of this was supposed to be the big love number between a, a vampire and the person the mortal that he's he or she has got to change into also being a vampire and if you listen to that uh from that perspective the lyrics to total eclipse of the heart take on a whole hmm. different meaning so just kind of imagine that as the as one of the big moments in a play a musical about vampires uh and that is i like it even more now <laughs> that, that is today's three random facts that's cool should have used it in Twilight. <gasps> oh, oh my God. would have been perfect, right? That could have been Edward and Bella's theme. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. The Emmy Awards are coming up. Uh, without getting too deep into it, I just wanted to mention some of the uh, major categories and who the Hollywood Reporter. The Hollywood Reporter does this thing where they predict who is going to win, and they also say who the actual winner should be, who they think should win. And sometimes it's the same, sometimes it isn't. And these are for television shows. For, so for best drama, Hollywood Reporter says that Game of Thrones is going to win for best drama. No, you know, not. The final season, the one that everybody who loved Game of Thrones hated. I'm so excited about. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, they say that the show that should win for best drama is Succession, which is also on HBO. That's the one with... Macaulay Culkin's brother. Is it Macaulay Culkin's brothers yeah. in succession? That's the one with Brian yeah. Cox. Brian Cox is like the old yeah. patriarch, kind of patriarch of the family. family yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Macaulay Culkin. That's how he found out last year his brother was nominated. He's like, I didn't even know he was on the show. 
they say for best comedy, they think the winner is going to be the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon, but they say that Fleabag on Amazon should be the winner. Does anybody know anything about this show, Fleabag, on Amazon? Nope. Me neither. Best TV movie. I think you got a rooting interest in this one. So they say that the show that will win best TV movie is Black Mirror Bandersnatch from Netflix. That was the uh, episode of Black Mirror that was choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Like you could decide what the characters were going to do next. But they don't agree that that's who should win. They say the TV movie that should win is Deadwood the movie, which was also on HBO. It was good. I mean, I was a big Deadwood fan when it was on back in the 2000s. Mm. Here's one that I think uh, I think I've heard you say you're a big fan. They say best actor in a comedy series, and they agree who will win and who should win is Bill Hader for Barry. That's a great HBO. show. Right. Great show. Elsewhere, they've got a list of the saddest moments in television history, uh-huh. and I'm looking at it, and it. It doesn't include what I think are some of the saddest moments in television history. So it who, does. You guys just didn't go through the whole Oh, list. I didn't go through the list. Nope. Joanna did, though. I said the saddest moment in TV history is the one episode of Futurama. Oh, with Fry's dog. Yeah, with Fry. They show Fry's dog showing up. Because he's expecting, for he's him. like, oh, he probably went on and he lived his life without me. It's not that big a deal. And then it shows what Fry's dog actually did, which was wait every day for Fry to return, which he never would, and gets older and older. And then dies. So there. sad. Uh, uh, what what do they have as the saddest moments? That one. That is probably number one. The Futurama episode. Oh, I thought somebody had the actual list. This is the list. Okay, tell me about it. It's the saddest moments in TV history. It's 14 of them. So probably the one that you read was just the one with eight that were on the the list but the the actual article is 14 okay and it has my because that's probably one of my top ones too especially whenever i go to town i'll ask my parents hey so what's tubby doing they're like he's just waiting by the door you left out of oh my god how about the one on fresh prince of bel-air where Uh, will meets his dad or it's there how come you don't want me how come you don't want me that was maybe the first time that that a lot of people said, hey, you know what? I think Will Smith, the rapper, can actually kind of act. Like, I think he's got some mm-hmm. acting ability. Yeah, that one's there also. Uh, also on it is a Simpsons episode with Homer's mother coming back. Yeah. I've never seen that one. Homer thinks that his mother ran off or passed away. I don't remember which. But then Mona, his mother, shows up. And she was wanted by the FBI because she was involved in like some kind of radical 60s group. Okay. So she had to take off and then they reconnect, but then she has to take off again. So I didn't think it was. Was it that sad? I was nah, saying. I didn't think it was particularly it Sounds sad. like she was like, yeah, I wanted to be here, but I couldn't. Also on this list, the Walking Dead episode called He's, uh, Here's Not Here. And that's the episode right after Glenn was underneath that garbage thing. And then it goes into the next episode where it's, it's Morgan, Morgan and, stick. and John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, that one is. That's unfair. the episode of saddest. Really? Yep. I there were sadder episodes. There were much sadder episodes of Walking Dead, like the one where the little girl 
Oh, look at the ro- just look at the flowers. Oh. oh my god. That one or even when Lori the mother dies and Rick just walks out and, and all he sees is Maggie holding and Carl and her oh, yeah, and god. her holding the baby. Well, that one is listed here as the saddest moment on The Walking Dead. Oh, I don't agree with that one. Yeah, there's uh, there's at least a few that would probably top that one. Just in the same show. That's not even the saddest Walking Dead moment. Yeah. I went through all of these. And they I picked a really good one for Scrubs, oh. though. It's an episode called My Screw Up. And oh, that's a good one. The pre- it, 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 this is... It was truly a brilliantly done episode because what happens is um, a, a brother shows up and he was diagnosed with cancer a few years before he comes back. And it, it, basically one of the doctors, you go the whole episode not knowing that the character had died. And in, it's kind of it, from his perspective and his point of view where he is still seeing this guy and he's reacting to him. And then all of a sudden at the end of the episode, you find out like, holy crap, like the, this guy's kind of gone crazy a little bit. He's talking to somebody who's not here. Then it's to the point where Dr. Cox thinks that he is at his son's birthday party, but he's actually at the funeral for his friend because he's completely blocked out how, how everything went down. It's, it's, if you've never seen it, it's season three, episode 14. And it's one of the most brilliantly done episodes of any show that I've ever seen. On the list, they've got Game of Thrones when Hodor dies. Ah. Yep. Hold the door. Hold. Yeah, well, not even just that, too, because then you also saw the the wolf die that same episode. He sacrifices himself. Oh, Lisa, uh. here's one you'll appreciate. I w- think everyone in our city would appreciate this one. WWE Eddie Guerrero's tribute show ceremony. They've got that. It's really sad, too, because that... So, Sasha Banks is one of the biggest names in WWE right now. And that was the first time she was going to see Eddie Guerrero wrestle in person. And she was so excited. She got down to the venue, and she saw everyone wearing Eddie shirts with rest in peace on them. And she kept looking around like, what the heck's going on? So, she didn't even know that he had passed away until she got to the venue. And then that's when she realized that her hero, who to this day is her hero... Uh, Eddie Guerrero had passed away and it was her first time she was going to see him wrestle. They don't say this is number one, but for me, this is number one. The episode Uh Futurama, as far as I can remember, features the saddest moment in television ever with Fry's dog who Uh was still in the past and Fry was frozen and sent to the future. Uh Let me see. He's talking about his dog and how much he was... Yeah. So... The, the fade out here that you're hearing is just a flashback to 2000, the year 2000. He's waiting outside where he last saw his owner. It keeps going through time. The seasons are changing. The dog gets older. It's snowing. He doesn't go inside. The whole thing is just leave you a real wreck. Who would have thought uh, that Futurama would just kill your yeah, heart? Yeah, man. <laughs> Futurama, the third best TV show based on something Matt Groening did, would have the saddest moment in history. There's one that's not on this list, but it's on another one I found over at BuzzFeed. Um, And it was, remember when John Ritter passed away? In real life? In real life. And then they killed him off on the show because he was on Eight Simple Rules at that point. And... 
obviously him passing away in real life has a lot to do with how heavy it is on an episode, but you have, um, I'm blanking on a real name, Peggy Bundy. Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal, yeah. So you know, she's she was the wife, and you even had the girl that, um, uh, what's her face? Kaylee Kaylee Cuoco. Cuoco, who went on to do Big Bang Theory. She was the daughter, and that whole episode is, it's, if you've ever watched clips of it, also just full well knowing that John Ritter had actually passed away is really, really heavy. How about when Walt is saying goodbye first to his son, but then also to his infant daughter, and he knows it's going to be the last time that he sees him on, on the final episode of Breaking Bad? Or yeah. That was pretty That was pretty sad, right? It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Tell me how you like this idea. I was... Uh, Thinking about like little tiny things that that ignore me, and I was thinking we could Are you we talking could about do, me and Joanna or what? No, nah, you guys, <laughs> you guys aren't little things that ignore. You, you guys are huge annoying annoyances. Your daughter? No, no, she doesn't annoy me. Like, oh, annoy! I thought you said. Oh, ignore. ignore. No, not ignore. Oh, annoy. Oh, okay. okay. I think you said ignore. Earlier this week, somebody called me out. Uh, because I was complaining about memberships that automatically uh, re-up even if you're not using the membership anymore. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, you know, they ought to be required to let you know, hey, we're starting your membership up again, even though we notice that you haven't used it in over a year. And somebody said that it was white privilege. I said, no, 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 that's not white privilege. That's a first world problem. That's a first I'll world problem. I'll cop privilege. to it being a first, first world problem. So I was thinking we could play the privilege game and every week you got to come up and see who could come up with the most minor modern day inconvenience inconvenience mm. that's really like a oh, first world problem. When I'll a give, website takes more than three seconds to load. Uh, I'll give you an example. Worst. When your YouTube video buffers. Oh, Ugh. It drives me... Having to reset your router? It, it drives me batty whenever you go to fill up your car and it says, do you want a receipt? So you, if you press yes for the receipt... You got to go inside. And then they say, see the cashier. It's like... Well, the whole point is I don't want to go inside. Right. <laughs> and all that means is that they nobody went out to change the paper. There's got to be something where you change the paper. And I've been in enough convenience stores and gas stations to know that there's plenty of time for the person behind the counter to go out and put new paper in the receipt thing in the uh, when you're getting gas. Especially yep. at night. You got people in there that are just bored out of their minds at night, but nobody thinks it's important enough to go out and replace the paper. So How many people receipt. actually get a receipt, though? Uh, a lot but, of people who get to turn them in for uh, expenses and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, anybody who works in sales that has to travel a lot for their business, they probably need to keep receipts. And it, it's 2019, man. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is keep paper in there. Uh, but instead, and I'll never do it. Like, it's too much of an inconvenience for me to go in and get the thing from the uh, clerk. But the times that I have done it, they often act like you're really putting them out mm-hmm. or that or I've also heard well the transaction is complete it's too late for me to get uh, a receipt so it's like oh so I can't get a receipt at all for this maybe go out and put a sign on the door on the on the <laughs> gas tank but if but you're going to take a case you might as well, as well put paper, paper in the receipt thing <laughs> so what do you think would that be a good challenge who can come up with the most petty Minor, oh, absolutely. First world I problem. I hate when my ankle sock rolls up into my shoe. Ugh. 
I'll tell you another one. While we're on the same topic, if you can't tell, I got gas yesterday. The first question they ask I you, you got if you, gas every day. <laughs> I got more gas yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when you put in a card, it'll say, is this a debit or credit card? And then you push credit card and it goes to the thing and it says again, is this a debit uh, card? Uh-huh. No, I just put in that it's a credit card. Why are you asking me well, if it's a debit card? You should be again? used to it. They're not listening to you. Well, <laughs> it should be normal. But it, I think it does that because it's also wanting to confirm that you're putting in that it is credit because when you pay for gas with a credit card, it's more expensive. Than, it, than with a debit card? Uh-huh. You're paying anywhere between 5 to 10 cents more per gallon by using your credit well, card. Well, th- this goes full circle. The only reason I don't pay with a debit card is if I don't get the receipt, which is a common occurrence, as a last-ditch effort, I can still get my credit card statement. But if I get it on my debit card, it's harder to get that statement. I have to go through all my banking documents <laughs> and stuff like that. First world problem. Right. Mm-hmm. See, I you think know, you I should w- be able to log into your bank account and you can search by purchase. So yeah, but that's a whole account. other thing. Oh, good lord! <laughs> he has to log into something think, completely different. Right? I think we can play this game, but I think we just found the winner. <laughs> the whiner, the winner. I mean. <laughs> the whiner winner. Mm-hmm. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Well, if anybody was going to rush Area 51, it was supposed to have happened this morning at 3 Mm a.m. So I'm not seeing any report of mass arrest or casualties or fatalities. (laughs) Or shootings. So uh, I think I guess they're still having some kind of alien festival, but it's actually going to be in Las Vegas and not Area 51, which is closer to the town of Pahrumpth. You know how the people that work at Area 51 get there for the most part how they get there yeah oh i would imagine isn't it by plane from yeah. mccarthy yeah mccarthy no from uh McCall- M- mccarran mccarran thank you they go to the airport you know the one that you fly into las vegas to and they have a couple of planes because there are so many employees and they fly them it's about a 20 minute flight once they're up in the air and it takes them out to the uh the air force facility at groom lake which is not actually called Area 51. They don't call it Area 51. So uh, people who work there get on a plane. Just It's a quick hop and uh, work, and then they get on the plane, go back to Vegas. Most of them live in Vegas or Henderson, is my understanding. On Monday, we're going to have a Monday morning Mount Rushmore, and our Mount Rushmore is going to be greatest rock guitarist. So if you had to limit it to four... No more, no less. Who makes your Mount Rushmore of guitarist? Can you think of anybody that we haven't? B.B. King. Blues. Oh, so we're... I mean, B.B. King uh, is great, but I did I did specifically rock. Yeah. So we're going to do... Okay, so no metal. So Santana? No. Would you put Ingve then in with metal or... No, no. Rock is metal. Okay. Well, blues was the ancestor of rock, but I mean, I'm just... I digress. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, Fine. Eric Clapton is is a blues guitarist, but he's also rock guitarist. So I'm thinking Jimi Hendrix is, mm-hmm. is probably going to be on there. Eddie Van Halen hasn't been brought up yet. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Eddie Van Halen. Did you hear? Brian May. Brian May's great. Brian May's amazing. Carlos Santana. Oh, my God, Buzz, how have we not come up with this one yet? Who could I be forgetting? Did I say Joe Satriani? Yes. Okay. Who am Mark I forgetting? Mark Knopfler. 
David Lee Roth did an interview and he basically took credit for writing everything that Van Halen did, even the guitar solos. Oh. So he's doing a residency in Vegas and he was interviewed. And I, I guess the lead in was they had asked him, did you get Eddie and Alex to sign off on using, you know, singing the old Van Halen songs? And his attitude was, well, I wrote it. I wrote it. But also, listen, he says, I also wrote the guitar parts. He really took credit for everything. It's like even the stripes on the guitar. That band would not exist without (laughs) him, man. Those pants we wore at that one show, Mm -hmm. it was my idea. Wasn't Eddie Van Halen super protective of his guitar? Because he had tricks and stuff. At one point, there was one guitar that had sandpaper on it that uh, helped the sound of what he was looking for. And he was super protective of him to the point he didn't want anybody else handling them because he didn't want anybody to get his secrets. Did you catch, though, David Lee Roth is saying that for the guitar parts, he sang what the guitar parts was. So, so yeah. and then Eddie buddy. just did what, according to Dave, Eddie just played whatever Dave said it should sound like. Somebody, I don't know, I don't think we've mentioned this person on the air, but a few people in the Facebook chat have. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Definitely blues-influenced. I love B.B. King. I'm just saying that he was more a blues artist. And, of course, rock and roll was a, was a, a lot of it was ripped off from the blues. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to open that door, you got to, you know, talk about people even older than B.B. King. You could go back to Robert Johnson, Johnson and yeah. stuff. And then you're talking mm-hmm. about, like, well, if it was in the 1930s, is it really rock? Since rock wouldn't be invented for, like, 25 more years. Um, well, well, by Monday, the goal is we'll have it uh, narrowed down to the four who will be on our Mount Rushmore of greatest rock guitarist of all times. God, this one's going to be tough, man. So it's now come out that there is another, and this one's a video, not just a photo, of the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau dressed in blackface. Uh, there is election is coming up in... I think it's like one month from today. It's in Oct- I think it's October twentieth is when their election. It was already a close re- election. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people are saying this is probably gonna affect it. it yeah, is gonna affect it that Justin Trudeau uh, dressed in blackface on at least three separate occasions. Who dresses in blackface that much? Even yeah, once. <laughs> He's like, I have to tell you about this time. And then I think someone asked him the question, is that it? Like, are these three pictures it? And he said he didn't know. It's like, oh. That's when it becomes your thing. If you do something like three times or more, that's what you're known for. I'm not saying that it was ever all right to do. I mean, it definitely would have been. You would have done it to be edgy or provocative. I have never done it. I can tell you that. But it, the the attitude, like, what if 20 years from now you look back and it's like, hey, it's really, really bad if you're a man who's not transgender and you ever dressed up as a woman for, uh, for Halloween or something. I mean, right now, mm-hmm. the general mood is there aren't many people that would say, oh, that's hateful or that's... Making fun of them. Making fun of but but just imagine like in the future if if we all come around and say if you ever dressed up like as a woman for Halloween that is deeply misogynist. That is kind of an idea maybe of what it would have been like thirty years ago. You know, people would have said, "Okay, I'm going to be a little edgy." 
Uh, let's hear a little bit of what Justin Trudeau had to say. So uh, over on Fox News, because I don't live in an ideological bubble and I listen to Fox News a lot uh, on the radio, they were ripping Justin Trudeau apart. But I thought it was interesting. They, You could tell they weren't so mad that he dressed in blackface. What they were mad about is ever since then, he's been so progressive and so woke. I heard him use the word woke but with, you know, dripping with sarcasm every time they would talk about it. I think it's really telling that the uh, most of the people over at Fox News are more upset that Justin Trudeau, since dressing in blackface, has been a champion of uh, racial equality and inclusiveness. I'm going to suggest, and, and this might be uh, a little uncomfortable for some people, maybe we need to have, like, uh, an amnesty period various things uh like if you did this in the past you can come clean you know how they have like if you got pat parking tickets you can come mm-hmm. forward and say all right i'm gonna pay my parking tickets and you won't get arrested right. something like that if you did something so stupid when you were younger and i think another this big problem me is of that mean girls when they're all sitting in the auditorium and all the girls have to indiv- out, man. yeah all the girls have to individually go up onto the stage and it, like say i'm sorry that i did this like and i did that and one girl i'm sorry i made fun of you that one time you threw up in french class and i'm sorry that i'm bringing it up again now and then they'd have to turn around and, but they it was their airing of their everything that they did wrong let like, me let me uh, just remind <laughs> people the phone lines are open so what do you think like if Maybe maybe you didn't do blackface, but I'm willing to bet you did something stupid. You know, if the standard is, have you ever done anything that you look back at and cringe at now? Or did you ever do anything that you thought was funny when you were young, but you realize isn't? I don't think there are too many people who would pass that test. Yeah. I mean, if you really no, got in and dug down and looked at everything people had said or done and... You know who it's going to be tougher for are people who are kids today or people who are young people today because of social media. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like everything that you've done, there's a record of now. And uh, I don't think they think about that because when, when we were growing up, we didn't have that. I mean, the worst that we had was, I mean, pictures with digital cameras. But we didn't have the social media. It was barely coming out, so people weren't thinking. Well, some of this stuff, none of that stuff existed when Justin Trudeau was in high school. But mm-hmm. somebody had, I guess, I'm picturing a big boxy camera and took a picture of him yeah. dressed up. And, you know. Uh, Surprise. So I'd like to hear from you. 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. So it's not just blackface, but anything somebody did that you realize is like, oh, that boy, that doesn't look good today. Maybe we make it so it doesn't necessarily have to ruin your life. So give me a call, 844-305-6210. Also, if it ever comes out that a Republican or even one of the hosts on Fox News ever dressed in blackface, are they going to... Are, are they going to rake them over the coals as much as they did mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau? I kind of doubt it. Let's get a, a couple of phone calls. Uh, people have been kind enough to call in today. So I'm going to... One of the things that I want to talk about is a possibility of having an amnesty. It's like if you did anything that you know is going to come out, it's like you come forward and say, all right, I did this, whether it's blackface or something else, everybody's got something that you did when you were stupid because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Nobody. 
But especially if you're a public figure, like a prime minister or mm-hmm. a senator or something, you come forward and say, yeah, one time I did blackface. I was really regretted. I was stupid. And we're, we can't, like, ruin your life for that. Uh, hi, Randy. Hey, both. Good morning. Hey, Randy. I, I'm thinking maybe we would all have to agree. Hey, here's an amnesty. If you come forward, as long as you didn't kill anybody or something like that, you know, we're going to we're going to let you come forward as long as you acknowledge it and say, I'm. You know, I'm trying to be better. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, what do you got? Okay, so this is really embarrassing. Again, amnesty, please. Yep. Um, I was 14 years old, freshman in high school. I was the biggest rebel, you know, just thought I was, I knew everything, thought, you know, the worst of school, my parents, everything. So um, I found this necklace. It was an anarchy necklace, and right next to it, it was a swastika necklace. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what it meant, I think, at the time. Uh, so I just thought it looked cool. So I tried to buy them both. Uh, so I showed up to high school wearing my swastika necklace and my anarchy necklace, uh, thinking oh. I was really cool. Yeah. Um, Where do they even sell an yeah. anarchy? Where did you buy an I mean, not an anarchy. I've seen those before. But where did you buy a swastika necklace? Kyle Mart. <laughs> there was, uh, so there was this guy selling stuff outside our high school, like just like necklaces and bracelets and stuff <laughs> like that. And he had them. So I the like, guy was selling swastikas to high school students? Well, not like right outside the school, you know, next to it. Where oh, close to anywhere. I mean, really, there aren't many places where you yeah. where it's okay to sell swastika necklaces. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. So, you, time, like, in no way do you admire the tenets of National Socialism under Adolf Hitler, right, Randy? Oh, of course not. All I mean, right. You know, especially not as a 14-year-old not knowing anything about politics or anything. Now, are there any photographs of you wearing your swastika necklace that might be I out there? I hope not. Yeah, no. all right. <laughs> I mean, again, that's something that, you know, I have thought of sometime maybe becoming a public figure within politics now. And there, and somebody, listen, if it's out there, even if you're not aware of it, somehow somebody will find it. And Randy, as of right now, September 20th, 2019, Randy is letting us know mm-hmm. she wore at one point a swastika necklace. She didn't totally understand it. She right. was trying to be badass mm-hmm. and she's sorry. All right. Yeah. You know it's what? on she the is, record. She is forgiven. I grant you amnesty. Yeah. Forgiven and amnesty. All right. Okay. Thank you, Randy, for calling. Thank you. All right. I could totally see that. You just, you have no idea. And you you're just, just think it looks cool. Yeah. You remember Prince Harry dressed as a Nazi for a party one time? Mm-hmm. It's like, does that make him an actual Nazi? No. no. I don't think so. But. Let's uh, talk to Don. Hello, Don. How you doing, bud? Doing good, Don. What's up? Uh, Just, you know, just more calling in for the the whole the whole uh, issue where I don't necessarily think that it's always uh, a, a racist. Are you there, Don? Don, I'm I'm losing you. Yeah, can you do you hear me? Yeah, you might have gone through a tunnel or something. But... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm I am driving, so yeah. I had you on the hands free thing, and I'm not sure that that was working no, too well. Go ahead, Don. Uh, yeah, but, but I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure that the whole thing should always be considered racist. You know, like if uh, if a if a white person or a non a non African American person dresses up in blackface, you think there could be some context where that's not racist? Sure. I mean, sometimes you know, emulation is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, when you look at that picture of Justin Trudeau, and you know he's dressed as a Middle Eastern person. 
um, you know, there's there's a whole lot a whole lot of things going on that have to do with like cultural appropriation and everybody making up, you know, making a big deal out of that. You know, is it is it worse for him to actually put the blackface on and do it, or is it worse for him to dress up as a white person in a Middle Eastern outfit and do it? You know, um, oh, it, it's worse with the black. I mean, <laughs> it's way yeah. worse because that whole theme was Arabian Nights. And I've got to think there were probably a lot of those, either a prom theme or a party or whatever. This was some kind of end of the year gala. Also, he was 29. So he was 29 years old. Um, Would it have been offensive if he just wore a turban and like a robe or something? No, I see where you're going, but I guess the... I just don't think it's really bad either way. I think we're taking the whole issue too far. Especially like you guys are talking about, um, if they did it, you know, way in the past, we did it in the 80s, you know, and, you know, kids dressing up as Michael Jackson, kids dressing up as, you know. Well, the adults also, we were watching some yeah, clips from right. 80s Saturday Night Live, and a recurring character that Billy Crystal did was Sammy Davis Jr., and he didn't just impersonate Sammy Davis Jr., he was incomplete. He looked Black, like yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. He did a great impersonation, but yeah. you wouldn't do but that do you, today. Do you actually consider that racist? Do you think it was his intent was mm, racist? No. No, I don't think his his intent was racist. But listen, we, we know now there's no excuse going forward. If you dress up in blackface for <laughs> Halloween this year, you can't be surprised yeah. that people are going to get upset. Yeah. I know people will probably get upset, but that's that's kind of my point. I think people are... Are getting offended way too easily. Well, just don't do things that you know people are going to get legitimately upset about. You know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that this narrative is is always being pushed by people of color. I honestly think that this sometimes this narrative is being pushed by people of non-colored white people. Well, listen, I'm saying whatever. If you're right or you're not, or whoever's pushing the narrative, I'm saying in Halloween of 2019, if you're a white dude or a white lady and you put on blackface. You only have yourself to blame at this point. <laughs> for the backlash, huh? For the only yourself to blame for the backlash. I, I agree with that. All right, Don. I just don't think that that the motives are always. Well, there was a, a news story about ten years ago. A little kid, the the assignment in class was, and this kid was like in fourth or fifth grade. Uh-huh. You might remember this. Dress up like somebody you really admire. Uh-huh. So he picked Dr. Martin Luther King, who he really admired. Well, the problem was the kid was white. And he right. put on like shoe polish because to him that's oh, how Doctor Martin yeah. Luther King. Well, well there's it, a, yeah, it there's was a big thing. It made the news at the time, and the kid they're interviewing, he's just like, I, and he's got a like a little kid list, yeah. and he's like, I didn't mean to make anybody mad. I just will we will we admire him, and it's like, God, I don't think that kid's racist. Yeah, it's know? like that one. It's like he genuinely didn't know, and but that could be a learning opportunity of explaining to him why it's not okay, or like the little girl who she wanted a, a birthday party to. She was really into Japanese culture, and she was white, and so she had a Japanese tea themed birthday party, and they had all these different like uh, gen, like genuine artifacts of Japanese culture, and then people got upset because she dressed up as a geisha. And with every the white face with the like geishas. Had I don't that think white she had the face. She didn't stuff. have the makeup, she but she had the, had the kimono. Yeah. yeah, she had the kimono and things. And everyone was started talking trash about this little girl. And she goes, "I just love Japanese culture." And that's part of the thing oh, that could so be she's really a weeaboo. <laughs> but the problem is, is that you have some people like like little kids like that who want to embrace and love the culture. And then people turn it into something else, like the shoe polish on the face. Yeah, not okay. Well, maybe the mom should have yeah. said, "Hey, listen." And that's the thing. 
and that's the thing too, Buzz. You know, like you were saying earlier, how far are we going to take this? You know, are we going to are we going to go back and you know, you look at pictures? Oh, he was dressed up as a woman. Oh, he was dressed up, you know, in a fat suit, or he was. You know, how I don't know. I've heard some people say like that thing about friends where Monica would dress up in the fat suit that that is not like in retrospect that's that's kind of politically okay. incorrect. So. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks Don for the call. Okay. All right, I'll see you. Thanks. All right, but you just can't do it from now on mm-hmm. and say, "Well, I didn't know anybody would be offended." This is a this is a pretty good conversation, so I'm going to keep the phone lines open on this yeah. for a little more. Uh hi Crystal. Hi. Hi, Crystal. Uh, so if we were going to, as a society, say, amnesty, if you come forward, admit you did something you're not too proud of, and it might there might be pictures of it, but if you come forward and say, I did it, I'm sorry I did it, and I won't do it again. So what do you got? So this has to do with, I guess, this whole Me Too era going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, I want to say eighth grade, I know it was middle school for sure. For our history class, we had to do a big poster board of all of the different presidents and what they were known for, your favorite presidents. And I chose Bill Clinton. And I drew a picture of him sitting down with a woman kneeling on her knees in front of him. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And it won, and it was posted outside of my class for history month. Wait a minute. This eighth grade project, your most admired president was Bill Clinton getting like oral favors in the White House and the teacher thought that that was the best one? It was literally a him sitting down with his legs open and then there's a woman you see the back of her head and then the back of her feet and she's like kneeling. I, I was I was very artistic. All right. So that is was a, very artistic. That is objectively, <laughs> considering everything, that was objectively hilarious. But there's no way that the adults in the room should have rewarded that. I mean, That's what I'm saying. And I thought it was so hilarious and everybody loved it yeah. that I went and made a costume out of it that year. Uh, so which were you in the costume? Were you Bill Clinton or were you? I the, was Bill Clinton. And you had like a dummy as yeah. the as the. I had uh, like a like a stuffed thing made out of panic, like a pantyhose. I stuffed them and made them into a body and attached it to my front and walked around. I grant you amnesty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Crystal. We'll see you. I've oh, always had, I've always found inappropriate things to be kind of funny. Yeah, you know, like there's some just inappropriate things, like a little kid cursing. I've always thought that's just funny. Like the little girl who's talking about Chucky who hit her in the head. Have you ever seen that with the Irish accent? Yeah. What? But what is she? she what does it sound? The, she drops the f bomb big time. They're like, who is she? Goes Chucky. She goes, oh, she goes bleeping Chucky, bleeping Chucky, and she's really serious about it. Let too. me tell you, hysterical. I do find that funny. Is it appropriate? It is not. That was like in, in high school. There was a kid named Cole who dressed up as a ghost, quote unquote. He was a totally a walking penis. He had like little, <laughs> like little balls on his feet and walking around. And the administration had to stop him. And he goes, "But I'm a ghost." <laughs> and his mom was still in the parking lot. Like I knew that w- it wasn't going to work. Like I knew you were going to have to take it off. <laughs> did he? Was he trying to get away with dressing as a penis? Is yeah, that what and, his motivation was? Yeah, said, I'm a ghost. Yeah, and he pretended he was a ghost. His I'm mom- a ghost of John Wayne Bobbitt's. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Tony, hang on. We got some interesting calls yeah, coming up. Dean, Tony, don't go anywhere. We'll get to you as soon as we can right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. 
All right, here's the telephone number, 844-305-6210. I'm afraid people might, some people might think if I'm saying, hey, let's talk about having an amnesty for things like doing blackface in that it minimizes people who who are offended or hurt by this. I'm not doing that at all. I'm just saying if if the standard we held everybody to was if you've ever done something stupid or if you've ever done something that you regret, you need to be shamed out of life for the rest of your life. But that's the easy nobody thing to do. Would, nobody would stand up to that. And that. But that's the easy thing to do is that people like to paint things with a very broad brush and it takes no thought to just say, well, that's offensive, so you should go away now. And the reason we're talking about this is because Justin Trudeau, who's the progressive and kind of woke prime minister of Canada, uh, has now acknowledged at least three instances where he wore blackface or brownface. Uh, Trudeau says that he didn't realize the racist history behind blackface. It's that comment that yesterday on Fox News. News. Oh, they were just live. I mean, that was the, they weren't so upset that he had worn blackface. I mean, they were using that it's as how a he weapon. It's oh, that it's, he talked about layers of privilege. You and know, white and privilege someone and stuff got like mad that. at me yesterday online because I put up the the Chelsea Handler documentary and I said, "Hi, you, everyone should really watch this, especially if you're white, because it does talk a lot about different things. Like, there's people in that show that go, "No, I don't think my being white did anything. I just worked really hard." And it's like, okay, so you don't think you know be growing up in a better economic situation had anything to do with it or maybe your parents and your family knowing a certain congressperson didn't get you that job in politics and different things and this guy writes why should I feel bad about being white it's like we never said you need to feel bad about being white it's about being aware of different opportunities that may have come to you easier than people of color here's the thing and this is true nobody considers themselves privileged when you get right down to it. Now, some people might say it, but I think deep in their heart, nobody considers themselves privileged. So, you know, I grew up as middle class. We definitely weren't in poverty, but I knew that there were people richer than me. Those people are privileged. And I bet if you ask those people, There's, you know, like the people who had more money and the mm-hmm. kids could afford a new bike and the all this stuff. The kids that didn't have to live in Oklahoma. They know somebody else who's like, no, 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 I'm not this person's privilege. Have you met Everybody, those kids from Texas? They're privileged. Right. <laughs> you could talk to the richest people in the world and they would have some kind of rationale for how they're not really privileged. Right. Uh, so, like, everybody's supposed, well, some people are supposed to say, hey, I acknowledge my privilege, but nobody really, <laughs> I don't think deep down everybody thinks, well, I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't have any privilege. How about somebody who was born into poverty in the Ozarks mm-hmm. and just absolutely, you know, crippling poverty and drug use as opposed to, say, Michael Jordan's son? You know, mm-hmm. who's got more privilege exactly. in that world? Mm-hmm. Well, in most cases, Michael Jordan's son would have more privilege. If you get pulled over by the police in St. <laughs> Louis, maybe the Ozark white kid yeah. has more privilege. So. It's not a cut and dry. I hate it's to use not, the term black yeah. and white, but it's really not so clearly defined. But that's where it's it becomes being aware, being aware of different situations like that. Uh, we had some good comments. We've got uh, 
Dean, who was on the phone. Hi, Dean. Thanks for holding. You've been on there a long time. I appreciate it, buddy. How you doing, Buzz? Good morning. Doing good. Good morning. Yeah, I just wanted to put a brief topic on that, too, as well. I can put my my little story into that because I think police officers, law enforcement, you know, I think they're the ones that give, you know, the, the... get you off the hook so quick and stuff like that or amnesty in that sense uh it goes back to when i was 21 uh i'm from houston uh i'm out here in fort bliss uh serving and uh 21 years old i'm hanging out with some buddies it was the day after valentine's day and uh it was three girls me and two other guys uh we just got back from having a good time at the bar right down the street and uh came back to his house well you know me being you know 21 young and dumb I decided to, uh, you know, like, hold on, I need to go to my truck real quick, get a lighter, because I wanted to smoke a cigarette, and uh, ended up uh, urinating because I couldn't hold it anymore right outside, like, on the fence, like, on his property. Well, this is in Friendswood, Texas, and I guess at the time, Friendswood was the safest, you know, city at the time. Uh, 20 minutes later, after I did that, you know, six squad cars come popping up at my buddy's house in Friendswood, and... uh we're like, oh, damn, somebody's getting popped against a house party. No, they were coming for us because, you know, they, they walked up the driveway. like, hey, we got a call in. Somebody decided to relieve themselves on a fence line somewhere. Uh, we're just trying to figure out who it was. Well, me being an honest person, you know, like, you know, I had my fair share. Of, you know, like, no, nah, that wasn't me, but it really was. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he ended up, uh, I ended up telling him what, what it. So you admitted. You said, yeah, I took a, uh, it was yeah, me. I, I took a leak. It was me. I what happened? He was on the fence line. And uh, basically after that, you know, he says, all right, well, give me your ID. He got all of our IDs, and then he came back. He's like, well, I appreciate what you've been honest with me, Dean, but uh, I'm going to give you two choices uh, right now. Both choices, me taking you in. I was like, damn, I know I'm, I'm damn, I'm screwed. So, yeah, okay, I know it's going to be me going in and spending some time in the jail cell. Uh, he's like, yeah, because, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty much uh, your two options is uh, bring you in and get a uh, public intoxication or uh, – it could be worse, uh, bring you in as well, but uh, you get charged with indecent exposure. Which is a sex crime, which would probably put you on a sex yeah. offender registry, right? Exactly, sex offender. And I didn't know that was possible. I just thought, man, I just, I'm over here just, you know, you know, nobody's looking. It's, it's 1130 at night. You know, I'm looking over around. <laughs> right, you're just taking a leak. And you, you learned that in the movie Horrible Bosses. Right, Horrible Bosses, Charlie remember? Charlie character, he was taking a leak near a playground. The cops busted him, and that, and he had to register as a sex offender. <laughs> when, when I saw that, yeah. I thought, okay, surely that's never happened to anybody in real life. But I yeah. guess they at least held that over your head, hunting. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, the cop, I mean, he even told me, he's like, you know, as I was in, in the in the handcuffs you know he's i'm in the car he's like yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and slap you with this pi man and you look like a, uh, a straight kid you know but you know i'm dark complex i'm mexican he could easily you know like look at this joker out here you know 11 30 at night maybe he is you know somebody a uh, girl or a woman jogging on the street and i'm just over here just like hey look at me you know and you know he easily could have like, you know put the even the judge too he, he could have don't so what what ended up happening dean you just uh, you just cop to the public intox yeah yeah, I got the public intoxication, uh, sat 24 hours in, uh, and then uh, I called my dad when I was in jail. He's like, oh, man, you're in jail? I was like, yeah. I was like, what for? And I said, public intoxication. He's like, dude, dude, you got lucky. And I was like, man, I didn't think it was that it was going to be that serious, but, you know. And then once my dad built me out, my mom was sitting there, too, and I had the uh, the bail bonds person that was sitting there filling out forms. You know, my charge ended up being $414, so I went 
Yeah, at least you didn't have to go door to door introducing yourself as a sex offender. Yeah. Because that would have really sucked. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. I appreciate the call. We'll All see right. Yeah, that's not something a lot of people think about. <laughs> I had a friend that had that happen in uh, Canada. And did they have to be on a sex offender registry? No, I'm pretty sure he didn't even pay his fine. <laughs> Oh and they're even super nice on their tickets out there. So, uh, Justin Trudeau, I mean, isn't it more important like what he's done since then? And I also part of this is he was 29 and a teacher when one of these things took place. And you'd think he would know better. Uh, here are some of the comments that are coming in over on our Facebook stream. Uh Buzz, honestly, there are plenty of folks who do feel privileged for the most absurd reasons. I refer to them as the self-entitled. Okay. Uh, let's see. Buzz, Fern wants to know, I really want to know your thoughts on Robert Downey Jr. playing his character in Tropic Thunder. Racist or not? He was a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Yeah, but nobody came out and said, hey, this is outrageously racist. It was like, oh, okay, well, obviously Robert Downey Jr. is, he's not playing a black guy. He's playing a, a self-obsessed white actor who's playing a black guy. I mean... Uh, but see, again, this goes to kind of the whole intent thing <laughs> behind it. And it's just... It, it, it's what makes it difficult because it's like, well, it's, I, this one seems okay, but these ones don't. And well, that's why I'm saying that's why it's easy, yeah, just after don't the it. amnesty period, just don't, don't do it. Don't do it anymore. No matter what. Um, yeah. I mean, but it was to get laughs, right? That was the point of Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. being in blackface was to get laughs. Uh, Biani says Dave Chappelle did whiteface. So did uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Remember Murphy. We, we did. watched that skit yesterday when he dons whiteface and he goes out in public, and it, uh, it's uh, all of a sudden he goes to the bank and the guy just starts handing him money. I, I mean, just to Didn't be he fair, do it in Coming to America too. He was a one of the Jewish <clears throat> oh, yeah. guy yeah, yeah, in the yeah. barbershop. That's mm -hmm. right. He sure did. Hilarious. Okay, so I would say, and somebody brings up, what about the movie White Chicks, Black Guys with White Makeup? Look, not I don't history, think any, there's not a history of whiteface being super racist. And I don't think horrible. anybody holds white chicks up as being like the the standard we should all strive to be. Huh. You know, yeah. I, I see that one come up all the time. Well, what about the thing is in the 1800s there was not a, a thriving industry of of African American people putting on whiteface mm -hmm. and going out and making. Uh, you know, doing performances where they portrayed white people as stupid or lazy or unindustrious or whatever. So you do need to know a little bit of the history. It's not exactly the same thing. Should they make a sequel to White Chicks? I heard they were talking about it. No, probably not, just because it's, it's not, ammunition. Well, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't great. Right? I don't think anybody thought... The best thing was Terry, Terry Crews. Terry Crews, for sure. <laughs> Terry Crews was great. Um... So I, I can tell you, I never dressed, I never dressed in blackface. Uh, I might have, I might have like if, if some people had like urged me, especially if it was like black friends said, hey, it would be really funny if you dressed up as mm -hmm. so-and-so. Like they, if they'd egged me on, I might have said, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess they think it's funny. 
what I did do was what most boys in the 1980s did, and that was use the F word for gay people all the time. Mm-hmm. That was just what you did. If your friend sat too close to you on the bus, you called him up. And if you doubt that that was more acceptable in the 1980s than it is today, watch either one of the Bill and Ted movies, okay? Just go listen to one of Bill Burr's stand-up. He's got a whole bit about that. So I acknowledge that I did it. It took a while for me to realize. And even after people were telling me, hey, that is like the N-word for gay people, I was like, yeah, but I don't call gay people that. I call straight people that. (laughs) But, you know, it still didn't fly. So I acknowledge I don't say it anymore. And I regret saying it. And I admit saying it. Amnesty. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back in just a few minutes. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show for your Friday on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we were just talking about uh, the outrage over Justin Trudeau, who it has come out wore blackface. Do you think it would have been better if Justin Trudeau, like a year ago or 10 years ago, or when he took over as prime minister said, hey, I want to acknowledge that I did some things in the You're past like dressing in blackface. You're going to find some pictures of me wearing blackface. It's going to be more than one. <laughs> and I'm really sorry. You think he could have diffused it or like you've done it. If you do a stupid thing like that, you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. Uh I don't I don't know that that's fair because if you really want to get right down to it, let's let's face it. You may not have worn blackface, but you've done something stupid, you know. Nobody yeah. out there there's is something perfect. embarrassing, right? If you if the standard is you can't be uh in public office, you can't work in corporate America, you can't be a celebrity, you can't be uh you know anything like that if you've ever done anything that you're ashamed of. That's everybody. I'm sorry. No matter how perfect you might think you are, there's nobody is perfect. Uh, let's go to Stephen here real quick. Hi, Stephen. Hey, good morning, y'all. Good morning, Stephen. What's up? Okay, so I got a story uh, talking about how people are getting, uh, you know, basically trying to, um, how they come out, basically they try to admit to something to be exonerated, I guess you could say. Uh, but I did want to give you all a good story that I read. I think it's like a story of supreme ultimate justice uh now the article is dated august 26 of 2019 there were two montana men uh they were both lying about their service and i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure you all might have heard that now it's with the stolen valor act that you know it's uh, against the law to impersonate events. so these yes, were guys you know, pretending we did to be this, sol- we did soldiers? this story in news we did this in story in news when it first came out all right what oh, happened right right okay mm-hmm. yeah so where the two montana men lied they got their case up to Greg Pinsky's Veterans Treatment Court. Right. Um, and yeah, so basically somehow they were able to get in and when he was, uh, basically he gave him 10 years for the fel- uh, felony burglary. Uh, but aside from that, the one that I really wanted to capitalize, you know, with the whole thing, <laughs> I, I was against their will, granted, you know, they didn't come out and do it themselves. But, you know, basically what I wanted to turn and tell everybody was, you know, for the first, there was a couple of things that they had to do, both men had to do uh, before they were eligible for parole. Uh, the first was 441 hours of community service for each Montanan that was killed in combat since the Korean War. Yeah. Uh, they had to handwrite 40 obituaries for the 40 Montanans that were killed in the campaigns in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
they also had to handwrite 6,756 names of all U.S. members killed in both of those campaigns. And then lastly, they had to, on Veterans Day and Memorial Day at the, I believe, the, the Montana Veterans Memorial Garden in Grand Falls, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, they had to wear a sign or a placard that said, I am a liar, I'm not a veteran, I stole valor. Uh, for eight hours on those days before they could be eligible for parole. Wait, what was it that they got sent to jail for, for breaking and entering? Uh, felony burglary conviction. I'm not exactly sure. I was trying to do a little more research to see as to what exactly that might have been. So when were they claiming to have been military veterans? While they were in, in jail? When or they in went, had to go to court so they could it get was, sent to the veterans court instead. Right, it was before. So before, so what happened was, before they went, so it was Cascade County uh, Judge Greg Pinsky. He was the one who ended up convicting him and giving him all those, uh, all those other colorful treatments. But so what happened was is when they went, somehow they were able to weasel their way into the Veterans Treatment Court. So they were actually able to make it to the Veterans Treatment Court. But then Judge Greg Pinsky, he found out that they were not veterans. So he fact. made the punishment kind of fit the crime and yeah. really made right. them sorry that they had done what they did. Right, exactly. Gotcha. So, you know, obviously they didn't... Now, granted, I know the subject of today's topic was, you know, people who come forward basically to say, hey, you know what, I might have done something a little shameful, but, you know, please have mercy on me. Uh, I know that that was the topic, but at this case, you know, I wanted to bring that up because this was a good case. I thought, you know... You know they weren't they weren't going to be they weren't going to willingly go out and say hey you know what I was a you know I sold out I pretended to be a veteran uh, and I thought it was really neat that you know uh, Judge Pinsky took it upon himself to say oh hey well you know you did something really shameful and since you're not going to take the rap yeah. I'll go on ahead take the reins and make sure everybody understands you know and, uh, they quoted Judge Pinsky and when you know when they asked him about it he said you know and I quote he said I want to make my message loud and clear with the two defendants basically telling the public you know hey you know <laughs> you do something this shameful you know i'm going to put you on i'm not just going to put you on the spot i'm going to make you i'm going to make you pay for it but all right yeah steven thanks for the call appreciate it oh thank you all, all right, right. Thanks. all right we'll see you. yeah a little background so one of the guys who's 28 year old ryan morris uh, he was charged with burglary he stole about 1500 dollars worth of items from his landlord and so he was already he had a contempt of court because he only did 10 of the 400 plus hours he was assigned now he said he couldn't do that um he said he served seven combat tours in iraq and afghanistan suffered from combat related ptsd and seven. Had a, yeah had a hip replacement after being injured this guy went for the gusto with the had he never been in the military no. at all or was he in no. the military because there have been cases of uh, like elected politicians and their biography was that they were and I, I i can't come up with the specific person that i'm thinking of but that they were a combat veteran and purple heart from vietnam it turns out they were in the army but they never saw combat you know and then it comes out like years later it's like well you've kind of been padding your resume with this thing and i know that was a big scandal no the both of the this man the second man um was accused of forgery and elder abuse for spending his 86 year old neighbor's money and uh, adding charges on it and he stole more than uh, fourteen thousand dollars worth of money from her home and uh, so they were hoping things would go easier for him if they said, "Hey, I did seven tours of combat duty, and I'm all messed up, and all of it was a lie." Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony had called in. We didn't get to Tony uh, in time; he had to go. But it says Tony, Native American, and wonders why it's not offensive when people paint their faces red. 
When do people paint their faces red? I would assume he that if anybody like, did that. Um, at sporting events and things like that. Like at a Washington game? Yeah. Because, I mean, I would understand if maybe you're at like a Georgia Bulldogs game and you're painting your face red. That's completely different. I, I would have to see what they're doing. I would think if anybody was painting their face red to try and look like a Native American, people would have, everybody would have a big problem with that, right? Yeah. Uh, how about if you put on war paint? Like, hey, I'm putting on the war paint like some Native American tribes used to do. Because we were going to do uh, like a, a Vikings, not Minnesota Vikings, but the actual historic Vikings. And part of their thing was they would paint their face. So part of that was going to be, Lisa, you are not, and I am not, Norwegian. What? I'm not. Would we have been I'm appropriating no, no, somebody's... You could be. By... I'm not. Well, yeah, I could be. As Northern European, right? Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. But I'm saying (laughs) by putting up the battle makeup that Vikings had worn a thousand years ago, would that be cultural appropriation? See, and that's that's a part of the issue where it starts getting, like for a holiday, like let's say Halloween, something like that, where uh, if you were to dress up as... Pocahontas or you dressed up as you know just like someone or even like Coachella where people start wearing like the, the headdresses the head and dresses stuff like that and, and people are like saying that. it was offensive uh, my and that's when you have the whole thing my culture is not a costume that came up eh. as a Norwegian I approve anything you guys do <laughs> are you Norwegian yeah you don't mind if we put on Viking makeup, even if we are not directly descendant. No, nah, I'd be pretty upset Viking. if you didn't. If that's what we're going with, it's our costume. He's you guys all, authentic. Yeah. Authentic. Now, would, get a blood eagle up there for crying out loud. Would you be offended if I wore a helmet with horns because the Vikings didn't actually do that? Yes. Okay. We're not Look, celebrating the Minnesota Vikings, all right? I, I, think I shall dress up as Lizzo then, and you guys can be the new men on the Minnesota Vikings. I guess. Thank you, Joanna. There's a difference between I want to dress up like a historic, you know, I want to recreate Braveheart and dress up like William Wallace. Oh, oh, guess what? I'm also Scottish. I approve. But there's a difference between, you know, blackface and, it's, you know, the lips, how they used to do in the... Look. You can wear all the... the, the you can make all the arguments you want, you want to. If you do it, in 2019, people are going to have a problem, and you're mm-hmm. going to end up being sorry. Yeah, sorry, right? sorry, sorry. I, I pronounced it like that in honor of Justin Trudeau. <laughs> I said sorry, sorry because he said sorry so many times yesterday. Uh, I would think that it speaks well of Justin Trudeau that since those pictures in blackface, that he has been very proactive in, uh, you know, equality and uh, immigration and women's rights and all that other stuff over at Fox News that was the worst part though was not the blackface pictures but the fact that he has dared to be progressive in his politics and to admit he was wrong yeah and admit that he was wrong I mean that's what they were really upset about over on Fox News and I listened to a lot of Fox News and I I tuned in specifically yesterday because I knew that they were gonna be completely hypocritical uh I'm just wondering, you know, the next time it comes out that a a conservative or a Trump supporter did something like this, are they going to give that the equal amount of condemnation that they're they're given to Justin Trudeau? My guess would be 
it will not be as full-throated if that is going to be the case. Being involved in a car wreck can be a stressful and confusing time. The Ruman Law Firm is prepared for exactly this type of situation. Let us fight the insurance companies while you take care of the most important thing, you and your loved ones. Let Chuck and the Ruman Law Firm handle your case so you can get the monetary damages you deserve. Make 845-4LAW your first call after an accident. Chuck Ruman, the people's injury lawyer.